Again, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. Father, we thank you that you are walking with us, though we are so slow and very hard to follow. Thank you for giving us your sound, your voice of mercy and love. And thank you for your Son, Jesus Christ, who became the light and lead us to cross the rivers of cry of danger to the land of promise where there is peace of heart and mind, where there is forgiveness, joy, and happiness. Be with us this evening, Lord, as we learn your word. Help us to discern and help us to apply and to rely in your word like those servants who heard you and followed your instruction your spirit, your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, in the past few weeks, we have discovered the entire plan of God's salvation through the service of his messengers and devoted servants, types of Jesus, namely Abel, Melchizedek, Isaac, and Moses. And today with Joshua. According to the Jewish history, Moses and those who came out of Egypt, let's say a generation, didn't enter the promised land. They were told by God, you will not see, or at least you will not settle the promised land. So this generation had to escort a generation that was born and raised in the desert. So Moses and all the generation that he took out from Egypt remained before the cross the Jordan River, except Joshua and Caleb, who will be leading the people of God to the promised land for God, which God provided them. Now, Joshua was called by God to finish the work that Moses started in leading the people of God. And listen what God told Joshua. Joshua, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I am about to give to your people. Again, he promised him, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. What an assurance, a lifetime guarantee that no one is going to stand against him. No opposition. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. 
I will never leave you nor forsake you. The third promise that he gave to Joshua was, be strong and courageous. Take risk. Because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their forefathers. Meaning the land that I promised it for their fathers. And to their fathers also, he promised this land will be also for your sons and grandsons and for the generation that to come. Now comes the warning. But be careful. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses passed to you or gave you. Don't depart from this law should not depart from your mouth. It should be always in your mouth. And you should meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. It is your guideline. It's your job description there. So let it be in your mouth that you recite it, you proclaim it, and meditate day and night. Then you will be prosperous and successful. This is in chapter 1. If we summarize this promise and also this warning that God gave to this young leader who will be leading God's people to the promised land, the final spot, what God is say, telling him is, live by every word that comes out of the mouth of your God. Live by every word that comes out of the mouth of your God. Now the promise given to Joshua was the promise about the coming Jesus. Let's compare these words that God said to Joshua, son of Nun, with the words of the Father to Jesus, son of God, the Joshua of the New Testament. Behold, my servant whom I have chosen, this is the Joshua of the New Testament, my beloved with whom my soul is well pleased, I will put my spirit upon him, and he will proclaim justice to Gentiles, not only Israelites, but he is saying justice to Gentiles. He will not quarrel or cry loud, nor will anyone hear his voice in the streets. No demonstration. Bruce Reed, he will not break. And smoldering weak, he will not quench. Until he brings justice to victory. And in his name, the Gentiles will hope. This is the Prince of Peace who will be coming with no violence, peaceful, Jesus, Joshua, is going to come peacefully. Now, let's see, crossing the Jordan River 
what significance it may have. Indeed, it has significance with the future plan of salvation. Joshua, whose name means Yahweh is Savior, when leading the Israelites to conquer the promised land by waging seven, seven nations, he ordered that the Ark of the Covenant of God should lead the procession, the march to the wall. And it has to be carried by the Levites who were assigned to do the ministry of God among the rest of the tribes. Then again, <clears throat> Joshua is told and he gives this instruction. Bring out or choose 12 men from the 12 tribes who will be going with the Levites, carrying the Ark of the Covenant. It's like the first Exodus. And when the Ark of God, God himself, carried by the people and stood where the river passes, the waters were hanging like a wall. They landed in a dry soil, in a dry earth, and the people passed by. This is what took place with Joshua, the son of Nun. Now let's see the Joshua of the New Testament. This evening, one of our elders said, uh, Joshua, does it mean... Does it mean Jesus? Yes, it is Jesus, but it is, the name Jesus is corrupted. The name Joshua is corrupted by the Greeks. <laughs> the Greeks spoiled the name of Jesus. It is Joshua. God is Savior, salvation. And the angel, when he came to Mary, he didn't say Jesus or Jesus, but he must have said Joshua. Yeshua. Yeshua of the New Testament is Jesus. And his inauguration of the divine ministry of Yeshua with the 12 disciples, we can see it that it began with the baptism that John performed at River Jordan. The very river that Joshua, the son of Nun, crossed with, here comes Jesus. And here is John, the forerunner, baptizing God's people, saying, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent, Joshua is in the midst of you. And it is that very place that Jesus was anointed by the Father also. There comes a voice from heaven when Jesus was baptized by John. This is my beloved son. My beloved son, that's Joshua, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. Again, when we see the, when we see the city of Jericho being cleansed, 
It also portrays the city of Jerusalem. Joshua, the son of Nun, the one who received the leadership from Moses, he was working in, Jer in Jericho. He worked in Jericho. He had to do something with the city of Jericho. And here is Jesus doing something with the city of Jerusalem. God instructed Joshua on how he may conquer the city and also on how he may treat the city after he occupies it or conquers it. Most probably, when they were going around the city, the walls of Jericho, the story tells us that the people were shouting. On the seventh day, they went around the city walls shouting. And do you know what they have said? I don't think that they were shouting something that cannot be interpreted. I know that they said, God is salvation. Joshua! 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 Yahweh is salvation. So when they were going around, what they said was, Joshua! The walls fell and collapsed by this name. The name of Jesus collapsed. The power of Jesus, the power of Joshua, who was with the Father, destroyed, broke the wall, rumbled it. After the triumphant entry, they devoted the city to the Lord. And they destroyed with the sword every living thing in it. They consecrated it, devoted it, because it is profane and defiled. It's not worthy for God to dwell in that place and God's people to live in that place. Jericho and the land of promise must be clean so that God and his people dwell there. Israel to be ruled by the law of God and he should be worshipped there. He needs a clean place and to be served by his people so that his eternal plan of salvation could be fulfilled. In Jesus' time, the fortified city of Jerusalem and the beautiful temple that was built by Herod with a uh, Greek architect is the new Jericho. In the New Testament we read that it was virtually destroyed by his proclamation. Jesus destroyed it. You know how? When his disciples pointed at him saying, Master or Rabbi, look how beautiful the temple, look how beautiful the marble, the big stones of the temple, look at the st structure, how beautiful it is. And you know what Jesus said? 
truly I say to you, there will be not left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. Don't brag about it. Don't brag about it. This structure is going to be destroyed. Think about something that doesn't have to destroy. That's what Jesus is saying. Jesus cleanses the temple in Jerusalem as he enters in the city with a great triumph also like the day that we will be celebrating on next Sunday or this Sunday. And there was a powerful name shouted there. Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna. Hosanna. Then some people said, who is this man that people are saying Hosanna? Crying Hosanna. Who is this man? Asked the stone-hearted Pharisees and others. And the crowds answered. What, you know what they answered? This is Joshua. This is Jesus of Nazareth. This is Joshua. God our salvation. Yahweh is our savior. The prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. This is Joshua. That's what they said. The Messiah. He is here in the midst of us to save us. Like Joshua of ancient Jericho, Jesus enters the temple area and he drove out all who were selling and buying. And he said, It is written, My house will be called the house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. Your gathering here is not worthy. It's just of business. You defiled it. So Joshua, the son of Nun, erased that city of Jericho. And Jesus is virtually erasing everything that was going there. He didn't like it. He didn't like it. Let's see the conclusion here, my friend. Joshua, the son of Juan, was anointed to lead God's people to occupy an earthly promised land called Canaan. It's a territory. His victory as a leader was through faith, of course. Faith in the word of God and in God himself. And before his death, once they settled there, once they got in there, and the land was divided among the tribes, he calls all the leaders and all the, the people of Israel around him. And he told them, do you think that he, he spoke to them about administration? No, he didn't. He said, now fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Now he was about 110 years old now, and he said, now we have come and we are settled. We have come all the way from Abraham, Egypt, 
Now we have come to a point. Now fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river in the wilderness and in Egypt. Put them away. Throw them away. And if it is evil for your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites that you are occupying now, Choose now. This is what the freedom of will is. Choose now. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. I know whom I am serving, and I know whom my home is going to serve. But you choose. He didn't say anything. He didn't speak he didn't say anything about land division. He didn't speak about the ranks or who would take the best land or not. But he said, now you are settled. God is in mission with you. Now you choose to walk with him and to serve him. Yes, God took out Israel, out of Egypt to serve and worship him. He led them to pass through the hardship of the desert, inherit the land, build the temple, worship him and proclaim his name to the nations. That was his mission. It was not to make Israel a big nation, a powerful nation, to dominate other nations, no, but to invade it with the spirit of God and with the spirit of Joshua, the one who liberates mankind from sin and the one who calls all nations to become his sons and daughters. Jesus, Joshua, took the tabernacle, he took the temple and became the new Ark of the Covenant. You remember one day he cried out in John chapter 14. Whoever believes in me believes not in me but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me sees who sent me. I have come into the world as light. So that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. Joshua, this is what Joshua is saying. I am Joshua. I have come to save. I'm not after judgment. Friends, we are in a journey with Joshua, Jesus Christ, the anointed the Messiah. We are in a journey to a new land, an everlasting land, the new heaven, the new heaven that began in the Garden of Eden. In the book of the Revelation, it is asserted that our destination was Joshua. Did you see Jesus? Yes. Joshua is there. 
Our destination is with him, leading and welcoming those who believe in him. A great multitude that no one could number, a great multitude that no one could number, from every nation, from all tribes and peoples and languages, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in a white robe with palm branches in their hands, and crying out with a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God. Yahweh, Joshua, who sits on the throne and to the Lamb, the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. My brothers and sisters, as we conclude the midweek services of the Lenten season, are we following Jesus? Am I following Jesus? Are we following Joshua? God, our salvation. It's a simple question, but it can be hard for some of us, or all of us, I don't know. Are we following him? If we surely are following him, this is the covenant that he made with us. Believe in God. Believe in Joshua. And believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. It's not a piece of land like the promised land of Jericho. But he says, in my father's house are many rooms for all nations, for all languages, for all people, that no one can count them. My father has enough rooms. Joshua has prepared this place. And he remembered that he had no room, even a place where he could be born as a child. The innkeeper, what did the innkeeper say? We have no room, <laughs> but we have a manger. But look what Jesus said. In my father's place, there is room for a multitude that no one can count. You know what this means? Heaven is for us. Heaven is for mankind. That place of Eden, the original Eden, is restored because of Jesus. If it weren't so, I wouldn't have told you, indeed. If it weren't so, Jesus wouldn't have died on the cross. I have a room, we have a room. They have a room, everybody has a room. Come, let us inherit this room because of Joshua. Joshua is with us. May the peace of God that transcends all human understanding keep you and strengthen you in his grace now and forever.
Amén.